Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Back-to-back wins. We're on the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Had a good day today, as you... Did you, uh, and not too bad of a win on the weekend, the first half in particular, completely dominant performance by the Bulldogs. You know, a bit of entertainer stuff there. Did Josh Adekar kick into his other winger, Karaz? That's pretty cool. We yeah. Had a, I was particularly happy with Flanagan taking the line on and doing a flick pass. It didn't stick to Max King, unfortunately, but, you know, another day that hits Maxi and uh, Maxi goes charging over. Um, very exciting first 40 minutes, I thought. Yeah, and um, we blew a, we blew a try at a car trying to pass the ball infield. Um, the other car run away from an offside. We did get the advantage. Could have had another couple of points there as well. Uh, just talking about the game generally here. Uh, I think the score was eighteen four at half time. And I don't know about you, Scotty, but I was watching that first half. Thinking we were completely dominant. Uh, Newcastle weren't really in the game, so uh, they were they were way below average as well. But I was I don't know. I felt like this was the game that we go on and score 40 points. Uh, unfortunately, the second half was a bit of a bludger and um, we didn't quite get there. I think it was 6 all in the second half. So the Bulldogs get the win 24-10. Um, but yeah, I'm quite disappointed with the second half, generally speaking. But at this stage of the season, like I think I said last week, a win's a win. Yeah, back-to-back, two in a row. Um, no, 100%. I was thinking, geez, this is going to get ugly uh, for Newcastle. Um, and it should have got ugly for Newcastle. I must say, though, I don't know if I'm the only one who saw this or not, but, geez, mm. weren't the Knights lucky to get two tries? I reckon there was some bludger of some forward passes there, uh, not caught, particularly the second one. There was an obvious forward pass. Uh, both of oh, them yeah. had... Second both of them, particular. particular. First one you can kind of live with. I think it was forward. I don't know if that's my blue mm. and white eye, but it's one of those ones I can live with, you know, Live call, you can't check the bunker, but it had Karaz pulling his arms out, going, What's a forward pass? They had a few of the Bulldogs players not happy. Um, mm. but I actually think the Knights could have very lucky that they got 10 on the board. It could have easily been another day zero. Maybe it's the home ground advantage because official crowd attendance. I I thought it looked like oh. a good crowd. This is the first time I've Fantastic, seen it, by the way, man. is 19,813 people. I must say, Knights, you've had. Knights, and I think they'd be the, one of the first fan group to say this, one of the most disappointing teams in the competition this year. They Top eight the last couple of years, they should have been pushing again for top eight, if not trying to get towards the top four. Mm. Uh, they're not making the finals. Almost 20k. There was a good contingent of Bulldogs fans there as well, but um, what a crowd. Sunday how? afternoon footy. Uh, mm. Well done to both fans, but how good are the people in Nui? Yeah, 100%. And look, a part of that is the one-town team. Newcastle is far enough away from Sydney to to be to have that feel that it's a one town team, and it absolutely is. And it's rugby league territory and, and all that sort of stuff, Heartland. Um, and it's probably another topic that I'm leading towards here. But you can see the advantage of one town teams, whether that's Melbourne Storm, most amount of members of the NRL ever this year. Uh, Brisbane Broncos always have good crowds despite recent years of poor form, uh, even though that has dropped off a little bit. The Cowboys. The whole history, I think from 95 to about, I don't know, 03, they were the whipping boys of the competition, but still had 15,000 people showing up most weeks. Um, 
yeah, but that's another topic. Anyway, back to um, that, that's what happens at this point of the year, though, doesn't it, Scotty? Because we're out of finals contention, <laughs> you start thinking about rugby league a little bit more broadly. But yeah, twenty four hundred to bring it, yeah, to bring it back to the game. Um, you mentioned Karaz throwing the arms up, Scotty, to argue about forward passes. Well, he put the ball down a couple of times too. Oh, mate, that's a good segue. I love it. <laughs> Sorry, but what about this, Karaz? Um, actually. I like to say I'm one of the biggest Bulldogs fans who's ever, who's current, well, at least currently living, at the very least. Uh, <laughs> big call. Big call. <laughs> Sorry, that was a weird way to say it. Uh, what a way to wrap yourself. Yeah, no, but I like to think I am because uh, I like, live and breathe Bulldogs as, as well as you do. I know there's big fans out there, but really? I, I live top, and breathe Bulldogs. Top, top 100 currently living, top 1,000 overall. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. But... Um, <laughs> I, we make our plans around the weekends to the Bulldogs. Uh, mm. We go to all the home games. Uh, I haven't You're missed away. a home. Yeah, I haven't missed a, a home game. The membership. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm actually going to a couple of away games in Sydney because I can't believe we've got one more home game. So it's spending it? a bit of money. But I didn't know Karaz played was in part of Newcastle. I had no idea. I had generally no idea when yeah. these Adam O'Brien questions were happening. And I heard in the commentary that, you know, former, like, you know, Knight Duke, like, you know, played the, like, cup and stuff like that. I had no idea. I knew he was a Bulldogs junior. I knew he had a stint at Cowboys for a very short period, but apparently went to Newcastle for a little bit mm-hmm. before c- coming back home. Uh, three tries. That would have felt sensational. And on their turf in front of 19,000. Speaking about wrapping yourself just quietly, Adam O'Brien did a pretty good job of that at the press conference as well uh, the other week, I believe. I believe it was last week. Um, anyway, yeah, hat-trick. His first hat-trick of the NRL. Jacob Carraz is a star of today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Um, we need to make sure we get, make him a 10-year Bulldog for sure. And I'll tell you what, the lineup starting to really come together, isn't it? Uh, we've spoken about this a few times before, but it's great to see Bulldoggy players in the Bulldogs. Um, and if you're, yeah, if you're a Bulldogs fan, you know exactly what I mean. If you're not a Bulldogs fan, that might be a bit vague. But Avarillo, Carras, Shop, um, Torpenny getting an opportunity back last week. Uh, it's it's going, going really well in that way. But anyway, Scotty, do you want to highlight a couple of performances before we get into our player of the week? Yeah, I do want to highlight a couple of performances. And I want to highlight one of the, uh, the boys that you mentioned there, who played his first NRL game for 2022, Jackson Jackson Torpenny. Uh, and, you know, if it was up to us, if we were coaching, he'd probably be there most weeks, if not all the weeks uh, this yeah. year. We're a big fan of him. But first game, play, you played second row, starting as well, straight into the starting yeah. side, uh, pulled 80, an 80 minutes performance out. You, I said, you said before recording that he, you could tell he's getting a bit tired in the final 15. Yeah. Um, he fought his way through it, though, got to the full-time siren. Very impressive for a first-up crack at the uh, NRL this year. Yeah, 102 metres of eight runs. Mm. The, you know, For a second is, roller. Yeah, for a second roller. Five tackle mm. breaks mm. in the game. 43 tackles, zero. I'll say that again. Zero of them missed. No missed tackles next to his name. Not to tally up against him. 43 tackles. This, this guy... He's, he's a top he needs grader. to be re-signed. He needs to be re-signed. It would be a great shame if Jackson Torpenny was not at the Bulldogs next year. Um, he, I don't care where he possibly end up. If he's at one of the other 16 NRL teams or even overseas, that would be one of the great shames. He's a top grader. 
I thought he played well. I actually almost gave him my points. I, I had I was trying my best to almost give him my point. I get him <laughs> in there, but like he played well. I don't know. I want to highlight Carl Flanagan. I actually haven't looked at his stats, by the way. Um, so I'm doing this other thing because what I'm liking by Kyle, and I think I said this, that Max King moment, he takes a little bit of a dart, a run, a flick at the back. Uh, any, like, you know, Maxi probably should have caught it, to be honest. Like, he was running off the side. Yeah, the pass went to his to his bicep, Max King. Yeah. One of those moments, didn't change the result of the match, but, you know, if Max catches it, he goes underneath the post. This was what Flanagan was doing in this house cup, uh, torturing teams with these little runs and flicks and short balls and, you know, not looking, these trick little shots. He's doing it in top grade now. And, yeah, he didn't get the points. I'm not going to read the stats, but he just looks like a top grader again. Mm. I'll so, I agree with that. I'll also add uh, Paul Vaughan took uh, 14 runs for 176 metres. He just lays that foundation for us, 74 of those metres being post-contact. And off the bench, a player that doesn't get mentioned too often, uh, Joe Stimson, Scotty, 10 runs, 110 metres, 49 post-contact metres, one tackle break, uh, two offloads, 19 tackles. Uh, not a bad effort in his uh, little stint of 35 minutes off the bench. And also, I think we have to say congratulations to Harrison Edwards. That's ended up playing 54 minutes. He stats uh, four runs for 46 metres, 22 post-contact. He made a tackle break. He made 34 tackles. Um, three of those tackles were one-on-one. Uh, so very, very solid for a debut. Yeah, he's tackling machine. He's a tackling machine. I want to actually highlight another player who doesn't get highlighted much, and I've questioned why he's in a side. Uh, Chris Patoa, that's a good start to that one. Uh, but he played only six minutes the week before. He's played 21 minutes this week, and I'm glad you highlighted Joe Stimson because I think Joe Stimson's having a great year um, off the interchange bench. Very limited moments, but uh, Chris Patoa had five runs for 62 metres, 28 post-contact metres, and just eight tackles, zero missed. You might go, yeah, you know, he did his job. That's what he did uh, in that short time. Mm-hmm. But I actually started, I was noticing him in this game more than any other game that he was running with a bit of authority in him, like a bit of belief yeah. that, you know, he's a big boy. I don't know if uh, Nick Potter grabbed the mirror out and said, look at yourself, mate, you are a big boy and start to believe that you're big. But there was a couple of runs. Like uh, he was running and, you know, starting to show some potential. He's a young still very very young so he's got plenty of years ahead of him in footy but mm-hmm. you know 62 meters of five runs yeah you know you're bending the line back a bit and that's i think the first time i've really noticed him actually do that uh mm. in top grade at top grade level Be interesting to see how um some of those players mentioned back up against the cowboys because we got to, everything we're saying positive we also got to say newcastle were very very underwhelming as well i know it's very disappointing hey eh? for the, <laughs> like the one town team yeah, for the for their fans, I'm sure. Okay, three, two, one, Scotty. Um, you kick it off. Who got your well three points and now the match? My three points. Mm. I'm disappointed now. He's signed elsewhere and he's just been absolutely outstanding since he's put pens and paper. Yeah. Uh, it's Jeremy Marshall King, and he already mm. reminds me of before I go why he's the thing. He's reminding of Hodcove a few years ago. Yeah, I think you said that last week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know I'm right. He's you know put the future. To you know, to bed. Oh. There's nothing to worry about. A lot um, of players play a lot better once um they have their futures sorted. So yeah, he's just running yeah. eight runs, uh-huh. 116 meters. That's outstanding for a hooker. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, spoiler, 
Sorry, I was going to say spoiler alert. He's in the top four now as well. So there you go. He was before anyway. But top four players on our list. How was that? 31 post-contact meters, a line break. Uh, he's chucked in an offload. 41 tackles in that uh, in that performance. He's just, you know, he's causing a headache and he's doing it against everyone now. He's not, mm. he's picked in the moments to run. and But he does, he looks like when he does those runs nonchalantly. He just looks so casual, just going straight through the guts of everyone. So he looks cool doing it. So Jerry Marshall King's my three points. All right, I've got three points. We've already spoken about him a little bit, uh, but it's the hat-trick hero, of course. Three tries, we've already spoken about that, but check this out for some stats. 21 runs, 259 run metres, 59 post-contact, seven tackle breaks, three line breaks, three offloads. He only made six tackles, but guys... Player of the week. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just couldn't go past Jacob Carraz, uh biting back at his, uh, as you said, his former club, <laughs> even though he was a, uh, one of our juniors to begin with. Mate, I, I thought he had a sensational game. Uh, any more than w- what a wing can do. Uh, some of those things, like that try, especially if Josh had a car kick and crossfield to him. Uh, yeah. That's like that's backyard footy at its you know, fantasy as you know, a group of brothers or cousins or whatever, bit of mates in the backyard. That's yeah. I remember that when that try happened, I saw Josh Adekar go for the kick, and I was like, "Oh, great idea!" Like he saw it, he went for it. I was like, "He's just got it, probably five meters too short." And then to get over the head of the the Knights' defense, that was my initial reaction when I saw the ball go up. Uh, but Jacob Carazzoli, a limit, never in doubt, swoops through. Grabs the ball and scores a try. One of the uh, highlight real tries, I'm sure, this year. Yeah, it will be. And that's what, that's why I've given him two points. Whatever, the, all the reasons that you say he yep. deserves it. Very, I'd say, very unlucky not to get my three. I just thought, you know, what Jerry yeah. Marshall King's doing in the middle. Yep. Which just, all right. just, that's why I edged Marshall King. So, Jacob Perez, two points for you. Uh, my number two points, uh, it's gone to the half. Uh, Maddie Burden. <laughs> Go on, Maddie Burden, two points. Um, where would we be without Matt Burden? And I'm loving the fact that he's running a bit more too. Uh, seven runs, 74 metres, 22 post-contact metres. He had a tackle break involved in that. Uh, made 10 tackles, um, 16 kicks, 615 kick metres. He's outstanding. Do you know one of the bombs he put in? Mm. I think it was that good that the way the Newcastle caught it. Uh, one of the, Milford put a bomb up and uh, mm. had a bit of the spiral, not too much, and Avrilo dropped it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, a little bit of a, I'm going to use a cricket analogy, you know, sometimes you can spin the ball too much, they say, or it felt like it was just enough to cause havoc for Averillo. But, you know, what he does to that ball, even the Newcastle fans, mm. well, I was hearing, oh, like, even they <laughs> there were, like, were a lot of Bulldogs fans in the crowd. We will make that mention now as well. Um, and a lot of um, fans there for um, some debutants as well. Um, I think was shocked. Yeah, absolutely. What I will say about that, though, about Matt Burden's kicking is I think it's underrated. Like, it's talked about a little bit. Underrated how much of an effect it's um, played in these wins in the later half of the season we've had. Yeah. The fact that you can just turn the defence around uh, in you know in the middle of a poor set or an average set and then be on the front foot in defence straight away. Um, I, think it's, I think Matt Burden is so good with his kicking, he's almost not getting the credit for it now. Mm. And I'm not just talking about the spirals that everyone loves. And like I love him as much as the next person, but just the length of his end-over-end kicks too and the um, 
times and positions he kicks in. Fantastic. Well, he put a short side kick in. And I'm highlighting one kick in the heart. He put a short side kick, left foot, left hand side, bang, snapped it down the sideline. Looked like he put no effort in the kick. Kicked it from mm. about a 30, maybe, and went to the Newcastle's 10. And went mm. boom. And just sat down there. And I was thinking, geez, that's no effort. For me, if I had to kick it that far, mm. I would have to give it everything I've got and made it look. He's made it look like, you know, chuck it to the foot. Blink. Like, he just seems to sweetly. <laughs> I don't think even you or I could get it that far with everything. No. Well, kicking it sweetly right in the sweet spot. <laughs> sure. I'm thinking with a few bounces, I might get it to the other team's 30. <laughs> I'm good. All right, Sonny. Uh, you hit the – we both got the same player for the one point, so you take it away. Hey, one of my one of my favourites, actually. I love this guy's story. Uh, we had his uncle on the podcast earlier in the year. Uh, was, uh, and we're going with Braden Burns. Uh, played the minutes. So he's just back from injury as well. Like we've got to keep him. Mm. You know, it's only a couple weeks back from injury. Two try assists. Now this, that try assist with Jacob Carraz, and yes, because pretty much Jacob Carraz was scoring them all almost. Yeah. Uh, he had no right to get rid of that ball. That ball was beautiful. Like it was sensational. Uh, two try assists, fourteen runs, one hundred and forty meters, sixty-five post contact meters, two tackle breaks, uh, two line break assists, which came from the try assist. Twenty. 27 tackles. Braden Burns, he is causing headaches. Uh, he's, a, he's a big center, eh? Yeah. He's tall. He's quite... Watching him on TV, I was just paying more attention to him. And Jeez, he's, he's big. He has all the attributes for sure to be a, a really first-class center. Okay, so the points are in for the game against Newcastle. That gives us a... Uh, we'll, we'll go through the leaders at the moment. Matty Burden first with 33 points. Second is Josh Adekar at 26 points. So I think Burden's pulled away from Adekar there a little bit. Uh, Paul Vaughan in third with 20 points. Marshall King fourth on 18 points. And his half-brother Max King in fifth on 14 points. Now, if you can't get to Bundaberg for this week's game against the Cowboys at 2 o'clock on Sunday... The Bulldogs play the North City Bears at North City Overall in the World Cup. Both teams coming off a bye. So if you're in the city area and you want to watch the NRL on the KO replay anytime you want and support the New South Cup boys, I'm sure they'll greatly appreciate it. And who doesn't love a Sunday afternoon at North City Oval? Hopefully the weather is good. Um, and as we said, Scotty, uh, before we started recording, not a lot of news this week, uh, Bulldogs-related at least, or confirmation news, we should say. But uh, the game this week, I've just said it, at Bundaberg, at uh, Sattler Oval. Uh, the first inaugural game ever to be hosted in Bundaberg for competition points, and it's a sellout. Um, no, oh, was not, no surprise, but, you know, it's awesome. Sellout, the sellout signs go out. It's good. Um, I suppose the regional town that, you know, with COVID the last few years and... I think fires before that in the east coast of Australia, at least. Um, you can't forget that with COVID being around. Uh, is you know, it's good you know to give it to a local community. It's something you know we're probably going to get a sim- almost a similar crowd if we had it in Sydney, but we get to give, take it to a regional to a new fans, and we get to you know Perhaps. extend our market. I'm a bit filthy that I miss out on a game, especially because no, yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get to another game uh, with the six o'clock kickoff in round twenty-five. So yeah, great for Bundaberg. Uh, not so great for uh, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we just 
We've made ourselves, I think, both of a dicks tonight the podcast. I've uh, myself as one of the best. Well, hopefully uh, it's a fun podcast to listen to because I feel like it's been a couple of long seasons, obviously. I feel like uh, we obviously both have full-time jobs and sometimes we don't always have the energy. We're a little bit tired. We, it's our passion, so we talk about it anyway and we get up. But um, I feel like we're both bringing a lot of energy, maybe a little bit more personality than normal. To the yeah, no, we, we definitely are tonight. I would even actually share a story that, uh, remember, we lost a few in a row, and after we lost the game, you texted me, and I think you said, what's the uh, effing point this week? It's like, we could just tape, record, yeah. send <laughs> right. we just edit the scoreboard and the teams, uh, you know, who we lost to, and then we could just leave the rest of the episode almost the same, because it was some weeks it felt like the same old, same old, like, why do we lose? This is the reason why. This is what we need to be doing. And we were doing the same thing. And you'd message me and we got closer to the date and we obviously did the podcast. And you actually said that week, <laughs> I don't, it's almost the same old, same old, I guess. And I was like, ah, oh, there we go. Like <laughs> We've done that before. Like, we've had those conversations yeah, weekends right. and stuff like that. And, so uh, it's good to be getting a few few wins under the belt now. We're outright 12, Scotty. Outright. How good is that? Two points right. clear of the bottom four. That's fantastic. And uh, hopefully we can continue that on and get a huge upset against the North Queensland Cowboys who have had a year, haven't they, in the second spot, I believe, on the ladder. The team that we will line up as, or at this stage at least, the fullback is Jake Amarillo. The wingers are Jacob Kraz. And Josh Adokar, Aaron Shop, and Braden Birds in the centres. Matt Burden and Kyle Flanagan in the halves. Max King uh, with Paul Vaughan up front. And Jeremy Marshall King is the hooker. Second row is Josh Jackson, Jackson Torpenny, and Tanita Pengai Jr. The bench, Zach Docker Clay, Joe Stimson, Harrison Edwards, and Chris Patolo. Our reserves look like this. Declan Casey, Bailey beyond the Odo. Jarrell Skelton is getting close, perhaps. Raymond Fatala Mariner and Curtis Moran. This weekend's referee will be Adam G. Oh, that didn't sound very good, Adam G. <laughs> uh, I expect uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner to play. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna put that there. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the tip. Bailey Beyond the Odo makes the final 19, and mm. the reason I say that is because he's not named in cup. But I know you can be. It's not like a big thing. I reckon Bailey's up in Queensland this week. I'd say I'd say all of them would be probably there, which is probably why he's not named in cup. Um, but I would have to say Raymond comes in. Very shocked, Luke Thompson, not in again. He's was at the Newcastle game in the sheds. Um, he's getting a very a bit. Has he played his final game? <laughs> yeah, like I thought he had, and I haven't seen him around. And you know, sometimes you yeah. go into the games, you don't see the TV pictures, obviously at the big screen. Yeah. But was watching it at home, the Newcastle game. Uh, Luke Thompson was sitting in the sheds in his Bulldogs gear. Uh, and so I thought, oh, he's a shoe-in next week, like, you know, to to play. But he hasn't mm. played since the Panthers game. He's had to go to the UK for some family, you know, reasons, which is fine. Mm. But they're saying delayed symptoms. And every week the injury report comes, he'll be monitored each week. I'm thinking, geez, this concussion must be a shocker if he's been out for that long. Well, it could be. could be that as well. Um or you got anything else for us this week? <laughs> well, I was going to say, Mick Potter's now, isn't he, changed his tune. He wants to be the head coach of the Bulldogs, uh, he's, or he wants to be a head coach in general. Uh, he's starting to really, like, you know, from the start of it, you know. Actually, I'm I, haven't, I haven't heard anything. What's what's happened? Oh, so he's doing a press conference. He's mentioned it last week that he said that he'd be very much open to talking to the Bulldogs, to securing a deal 
if it's mm. being a head coach or involved in the Bulldogs, to there this no, week yeah, that he's that. now looking at um, if the Bulldogs don't come to him, that he'll definitely be looking, and he's now got the hunger and the desire to bring up NRL coaching. He's fought before it was over and gone, and now that he's been doing this and yeah. been quite successful, um, at this, which you, you can't deny he hasn't been, and geez, the, the attacking style of the Bulldogs play, particularly the first 40 of most games, is outstanding. That's interesting because there's no more jobs available you know, outside the Bulldogs' job at the moment. So I'm sure we'll see some coach movement next year to some degree, but right now. Yeah, but it's interesting, though, in the sense of um, just with that coaching thing, we were meant to get Cameron Serrato. I thought that was going to be announced. Mm. And apparently, Michael Maguire was spotted at Belmore with Phil Gould. Um, maybe we're just building one kick ass assistant coaching ranking, <laughs> or. You know, people are just, you know, putting themselves in the right spot at the right time. Because um, it's weird. Wouldn't, Mike... wouldn't Michael Maguire be a very intense coach for the New South Wales Cup team? <laughs> oh, I can imagine those fitness drills. But like, the Wales Cup team fitter than NRL. <laughs> I reckon they will be. Yeah, they will be. But I, I don't know. I just reckon. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, you know, you bite and all that. But you also remember, like, Phil Gould was uh, the boss of Cameron Serrato. When like you know, Serrano was at Penrith for assistant coach. So who's not to say they're not friends? Yeah, he could just be offering some advice. Anyway, yeah. And then you got Michael Maguire, who's the New Zealand Kiwis coach, if we haven't forgotten. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Phil Gould was meant to be doing pathways in New Zealand as well. So I'm sure they would have crossed paths there, or you know, they've both been around in rugby league for ages anyway. So mm. they would have crossed paths. So who's not to say that you know? Uh, maybe it was Michael McGuire trying to get Gus as an, the coaching consultant or assistant for the Kiwis. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. So it's interesting to see what's happening. Um, but yeah, there's not really, you know, too much to talk about. Probably. Do we have an old dog this week? Or No, we don't have an old dog this no week. I've got week. Back from work and straight into the podcast. So <laughs> straight <laughs> in. Right, if you're in Bundaberg, enjoy the footy. If not, um, perhaps at enjoy North the Sydney. footy at North Sydney or on your TV sets as well. Enjoy your weekend, guys, and until next week.